Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here from Job Studios. It is your host, Dave Sturgio, Chris Gucci, A5, Anthony behind the glass. It is a football Friday. Thank you goodness we've made it uh we got started last night which is very exciting uh the game delivered a little bit more than what we thought it was gonna i know a lot of people are on the uh the side of thinking there was gonna be no action meaning uh the under <laughs> yeah once so, i saw 20 mile per hour wins and i looked at the data on the under in cleveland uh-huh i went on the under <laughs> so yeah well you know what it wasn't even our fault but imagine if that last play of the game was the reason why uh things hit the over and it wasn't thank goodness a couple of bad beats i would have lost a couple holes in my house night. bad beats yesterday yeah. across the board yeah so in any event it is a football friday we'll get into the game and of course because of the game there are some top movers the market is exactly what it is and and it's moving top movers um so on the bottom of your screen right now if you're watching us here on youtube uh be sure to just keep your eye on that because we're just going to talk about a couple of the guys uh that you know made some impacts last night obviously pushed the needle um and uh yeah we, we had some electrifying plays you know so there's it's not everybody this time around <laughs> so we have to start listen we understand that the Browns won the game and there was a lot of offense, and we'll get to all of those guys. Unfortunately for the Steelers, they drop another game. That stinks. You know what I mean? Um, Mitch Trubisky was looked, subpar. He looked really good in the first half. He and was he threading looked, a couple. He looked really good on that final drive to burn my under. <laughs> but other than that, Mitch Trubisky is the same as Trubisky. And there was a point in the game yesterday where Kenny Pickett's stock started to dip a little bit, but then the second half came and then it was... <laughs> <laughs> right back up but, because but, we all know that it's a matter of time. The highlight for the Pittsburgh Steelers last night was a catch and the catch, and it comes from a guy named George Pickens. We talked about him uh, yesterday a little bit. We talked about getting in on him now because of the fact that he was relatively low. Uh, obviously, as you see on your screen, that there was a significant spike when he made the catch. Now, I got to ask you, Chris, better than Odell? No. No. No, not better than Odell. Odell's, Why? Odell was a touchdown catch. It was against the Cowboys. All right, first of all. And it was just a. It was the same catch, only it had a bigger impact rivalry game. Not that this wasn't, but Cowboys-Giants is a bigger rivalry to me than the Steelers and the Browns. Can we also talk about the common denominator here? Both of them caught that L. That's true. Indeed. Giants Indeed lost that game, did. and the Steelers lost this one. But maybe this puts them on the Madden cover next year. You know, this is this is exactly what happened to Odell, and then it went all downhill from there because everybody. Well, oh, listen, no taking any skill from Odell Beckham, but I think his 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 head just decided to uh, go up in stock price and as well. Shout out to the internet for coming through again with the NFL Young Boy <laughs> meme, and it, it was uh, George Pickens watching George Pickens catch. Yeah. Uh, that pass. Yeah, that three was, fingers. Incredible. Listen, great catch. Three catches for 39 yards. He averaged 13, uh, 13 yards a catch because of that bomb that he caught. Um, but the biggest thing is he was second, tied for second on his team was receptions, but second on the team in targets. In, in targets. So that's a big deal going forward because it looks like no matter who's under center, right now Mitch is starting to find a groove with him. But once Kenny gets in there, I feel like this kid's going to eat a little bit more and more. I feel like, yeah, it's a matter of time. You saw the way he was behaving on the sideline, and it was very reminiscent of a Terrell Owens, a young mm. T.O., mm -hmm. but a little bit sooner. You know, T.O., he had to have that catch. Owens! Owens! And then all of a sudden he became this brash guy. NFL young boy is here. He made an impact right away. He talked his way into the into the situation over he there did. in Pittsburgh. He said he was open every play, and guess what? I believe him now. 
I believe. I mean, now he's there. And look, there was a couple passes where, you know, ill-advised and the targets just didn't find them at, like find them, the, you know, find his hands. <laughs> but again, uh, we were worried or not worried, but at least talking about the fact that the, the, that room was crowded. It seemed like he took a step forward last night. So if you want to get in on George Pickens, um, I know a couple people that did last night based off of more multipliers that that the uh, Mojo app was giving George, out yesterday. George Pickens is everything the Steelers fans wish Chase Claypool would be. That's my belief. Oh, I think Chase Claypool has the ability and the, and the size and the talent to just be a monster out there, but he doesn't play with the same intensity that an NFL young boy does. And that's the <laughs> you were just there. labeling him NFL young I boy. I mean, it's, it's a given at this point. <laughs> all right. I thank my Done. boy Bailey for that one. Yeah, all right, cool. All right, moving on to the winning side of football. We're here to talk about another guy that was absolutely fed last night. He feasted, he had dinner, he had appetizers, he had dessert, he had it all. David Njoku goes absolutely ham last night. Nine catches on 10 targets for 89 yards and a touchdown. I've been kind of banging on the table for this guy for a long time. The problem is his health, right? He can never stay healthy. He always had like a shoulder or a hamstring or a quad. It was or, week two, or, I think two years ago, and Jamal Adams ended his season on one hit. Like concussion, broken wrist. Yeah, and it was just a, it was just a mess. He's been on the wrong side of health for the last, I don't know, a couple years. years. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't really so gotten a crack now based he's getting, on health. Now he's getting a, a little bit more attention from Jacoby Brissett. And just imagine what a guy like Deshaun Watson, you know, personal stuff aside, Deshaun Watson's a talented quarterback, and he's going to want a tight end that can catch the ball and run after the catch and go over the middle with no fear whatsoever. This guy, he ate last night, and it's a promising future for a guy like David Njoku if he stays on the field. If he can stay on the field, of course. But my thing here is the Cleveland Browns offensive line, the Cleveland's Brown's rushing attack. They got everybody involved in the running game. And really, yeah. who would have thought Cleveland with no Deshaun Watson would be two and one and really just a botched onside kick and a minute and 30 in the Jets game where they were their play away from being three and oh right now? I know. Jacoby and, and then Brissette. all of a sudden, when when Watson, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, are we a question? Are mark? we doing that? Yeah, right are now? we are we in on Jacoby Brissett right now? But like, look, you know, and of course, you know. It's not like they have an owner that would spark any conversation about it. Like, you know, like, I don't know, Jerry Jones saying yesterday that there would be a competition. Like, okay, everybody calm down. Jacoby Brissett is there as a placeholder until their $800 million quarterback, Deshaun Watson, gets back on the field. Um, moving on, sticking with the Browns, another guy that kind of solidified his role. You're wondering how much of the splits he's going to get, but a Nick Chubb absolutely runs like a bat out of hell last night. He absolutely crushed it. 23 carries to just 12 for Hunt. So That's he's doubling his standard. carries. That's that is what standard. it was through week one and two. And we're going to see that consistently. Yeah, 113 forward. yards on the ground uh, and one touchdown. Um, I mean, there, you, there's not much you could say about Nick Chubb. That, uh, not much negative you could say about Nick Chubb. That dude is a hard-nosed runner. Of course, they you know they, they go back and they show him squatting all that weight again. He's like, ah, and Al Michaels being his uh, I wonder fun self. I've wonder, never seen a bar bend like that. like that would make someone's stock go up because I feel like squatting 700 pounds is, can't be good. got to be counterproductive. Like, counterproductive. Yeah. No. Can't be good. Listen. Can't say that I do a lot of legs, but hey, I, I mean, can't like, say I would ever do that. Who might decide what Nick Chubb should be doing? I think he's got like fifteen hundred rush yards a year every year. So yeah, yeah keep squatting. A yeah. very consistent, and there's the spike there on the app um, when he scored that touchdown, and then it falls off. To me, I, I've, I've watched the market a little bit last night, and I saw how things move as things just go. It, like it does spike, and then it just kind of drifts off. But status quo, as long as he doesn't like fumble or anything like that. You know what I mean? I, I tell you what I did do. I did go short on Mitch. And 
It worked out a little bit, but he was threading him in there a little bit. So he had himself a decent game. Um, but again, it decent is what first it is. half. Yeah, let's I mean, call it what it is. It was. It was a decent first half. The, the Browns went out there, made their adjustments, and they did their thing. So, those are your top movers. And I've just, obviously, the uh, throughout the entire show, you'll see the scroll on the bottom of your screen uh, showing you the entire slate of top movers that are happening right now on the Mojo Market Report. But look. It's football Friday, okay? There are many shows that pick games that go through the whole entire slate, and they want to, you know, this one with this spread, this one with this. In this show, on this show in particular, myself and Chris will be choosing four to five games a week that we think are going to at least steal some headlines. And, of course, players within the Mojo Marker Report can make some moves, right? Yeah, so basically the top stories heading into the weekend and how we think it applies to the Mojo Market. Yeah, exactly. So let's start with game one, right? Let's start with game one. It's the Jets and the Bengals, ladies and gentlemen. So they're going to be starting off. Obviously, the Jets coming off the miraculous win, right? The Bengals can't seem to get anything going right now. So when you look at the market with this team's players to watch, at least, guys that are intriguing, Obviously, you got your Joe Burrows. He's doing his thing, right? Everybody's. We, we know what Joe Burrow is. We also know what Jamar Chase is. But the guys you want to pay attention to are that Jets running back, the Jets receivers, which guys are going to be featured. And when you look at this, Chris, you know, Elijah Moore seems to be the one that hasn't gotten the targets that you would think he would get. Does he get fed in this game in particular? Joe Flacco, again, one more again. He's starting this Sunday. So what do you think about a, a guy like Elijah Moore today? I'm a little bit cold on the Jets pass catchers this week because of the hype going into it. The Cincinnati Bengals are desperate for a win. They're 0-2, defending AFC champions, and they really need to get off to Schneid here. The Jets beat them last year with the Mike White at starting quarterback. Mike White. Stunned them. And then the, the Bengals really just turned it up after that game, and they played really well down the stretch. I think they beat the Chiefs on the road after losing to the Jets. So... Tale of two seasons or tale of two teams really week by week. We need the Bengals to come around here and start stop turning the ball over because that's really the main issue with Cincinnati up to this point. And protecting Joe Burrow. And he's protecting, get, he's getting and rocked protecting around. Joe Burrow, correct. So I'm waiting on Burrow, Chase Higg, uh Chase Jamar Chase and you, T. Higgins. You, you combine two guys. I combine them, but guy. really, really <laughs> that, that that pass attack hasn't really got going yet, and it's largely due to the fact that they haven't been able to protect the football. We have not seen a chase game yet. Like a typical go out there, catch 10 balls for like a buck sixty. It hasn't happened. Yeah, you know? the Jets defense has been pretty solid so far, but they haven't had a test like they're about to face with the Bengals offense. Um the Browns, even though they've been playing well offensively and they really showed it yesterday. They also haven't gotten it. It's week two, week three, so I need to see more. But the Jets, this is going to be the biggest test. The, the The Bengals are desperate. They have revenge on their minds. As far as the Jets' offense goes, it's still Joe Flacco. It's We're one week removed from talking about how we need Mike White. By If, if Joe Flacco doesn't finishes this game as a starter, then the Jets have no chance. And guess what? Joe Flacco finished the game, and he gave them every chance. Granted, the, the Browns botched it, but Joe Flacco... He's still that same guy that we wanted out last week. They were down two touchdowns with a minute to go. That was the same Joe Flacco that quarterbacked that game. The Jets offense needs more than what they're going to get from Joe Flacco. But lucky for Jets fans, this apparently is the final week that we're going to see Zach Wilson on the sideline. He might be coming back for week four. So I think we're going to get to see the regular Joe Flacco that we all grow to love for the we'll last see. five years 
um, a little inadequate behind center. Well, we will be present at that tailgate. So if you're a Jets fan out there and you're watching this right now, look for the mojo people. You can see Chris is decked out in all that gear. So look for all of that. <laughs> so you can look for us out there tailgating and uh, having some fun with the Mojo Market app and mojo.com. Uh, and everything that we're doing over here at Mojo will be on display on Sunday uh, early. So around like 930, 10 o'clock. So another early riser. For the crew over here. All right, let's move on. We got the Dolphins and the Bills. A very intriguing AFC matchup, uh, AFC East matchup. And, of course, the Dolphins are coming off that absolute high of a game considering they were dead in the water. No pun intended for Dolphins. Uh, but they were dead in the water, and they looked to be out, completely done. And you look at this, and you look at Tua Tunga Vialoa. Yep, got it. Um, and he's, his stock went through the roof, and I got involved a little too late. Obviously, I I bought after the big game, so now I'm expecting him to continue this trend. So you look at that. You look at a guy, now flip side of the coin, you know what you're getting out of Josh Allen. So if you want to do a long-term play, he's, he, is your, he is your Amazon of, of, of these stocks. You know what I mean? Like, it's never going to dip. You're never going to lose money. You'll, get, you'll, you'll dip. I mean, there's a little bit. There's but potential, like I would, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling like Josh Allen at this point is a safe investment. Yeah, my, my, my biggest question is, is the health of Gabe Davis. Is he back in this? He's, Gabe Davis is looking like he's going to give it a go this okay. weekend, get the bills back at full strength. We haven't gotten to see the Bills get tested yet, and Miami has been tested. They played the Ravens last week, and they had to battle back, but this right here is the true test. The AFC East, they get a home game against the, the I guess, the Super Bowl favorites in the league right now. Tua just wins football games, but this Miami pass, I mean, this, this Buffalo pass rush and the defense has been playing lights out. They haven't had to really compete, and the game script has allowed them to kind of peel their ears back in the second half I'm not sure how Miami's offensive line is going to hold up if they have to play catch-up against a team like Buffalo the way they've been rolling right now. On the flip side of things, like I said, Buffalo hasn't been in a tight game yet. The game script has allowed them to really not have to pass the ball as much as you thought they would going into the year because second half, it's just hand it off, hand it off. And while none of the running backs have managed to take the lead, they're all kind of ripping off chunk yards and no guy is the one guy, but... If an injury takes place, then I'm all in on whatever Buffalo back is remaining. But for now, I'm cold on all the backs. But those pass catchers on both sides of the ball, I say in terms of preference, you can't go wrong between Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Invest and have some fun watching those guys. And on the flip side, same thing. You could invest in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and really just have fun. Because I it's feel like be that's an every a tandem. Thing. Yeah. If you look at a guy like Tyreek Hill – it feels like he he just walks around with this confidence. Like, it doesn't matter where he's going to go. It doesn't matter who's covering him. He has the ability to blow the defense apart, right? And mm-hmm. he has. He has year in, year out. And Jalen Waddle looks to be very, very similar, almost more skilled as a route runner, which is crazy to say because Tyreek Hill brings so much to the table. So, basically, when we're looking at this game, you also something you didn't bring up was, um, was whatchamacallit, um, Dawson Knox or Mike Gusecki. You're talking about these pass catchers. I want to give a little love to the tight ends here because I think that both of these guys, I mean, you saw Gusecki do his thing last week. We haven't seen the the knocks that we saw last year, so I feel like this is just the, route, the right time to step up a little there's bit. There's a lot. There's Well, yeah, game script hasn't allowed for it because right. in the second half they haven't really been throwing all that much. Mm-hmm. So that's first. Second, I just think across the league the tight end usage is down a little bit. Through the first two weeks. Last year, there was a, a lot of breakout guys, Knox being one of them, Dalton Schultz being another. There was a, a several people that entered the mix as a viable option in, in, um, in, I guess you could say, fantasy for this regard. But just tight ends have been down a little bit. 
both of these tight ends have been down a little bit, but they're probably going to get it going. I think that Dawson Knox has a little more of the ability to get it going. He's younger. They just signed him to a long-term deal. Gusecki might be on his way out a little bit as a pass catcher, but he's still a consummate pro. I'm not in on Gusecki, but I'll, I would kick the tires on a Dawson Knox for sure. Okay. Any any Buffalo Bill pass catcher. It's just so funny. It's like both of these teams, like as a whole, it's like, you're all in on all the pass catchers, and then you're all out on every oh, single want, running back. I also <laughs> want to rephrase that. Not all of the pass catchers. The Crowders, the Isaiah McKenzie's. This Buffalo Bills team is so established in who's the guys to go to. True. Barring injury, you're not going to get much more than a little bit of splash here or there. It's going to be the Stephon Diggs-Gabe Davis show with a little bit of Dawson Knox in the red zone, and that's going to be it. Sounds like a plan. All right, moving on. Uh, you were talking about Tyreek Hill before. His former team, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, will be taking on the Colts. Now, look, this game's intriguing because we're really going to get a a, um, a test to see where the Colts are at. Now, I understand people are low on the Colts right now, but if they come out here and they come out flat, it's going to be a big deal. And when you take a look at the market with guys that they have, we have not seen a Jonathan Taylor game yet. We have not seen anything out of Alec Pierce, and he's very, very cheap. He's six uh, $6.82 a share. Michael Pittman, he's up a little bit. Now, there was, you know, issues with getting him the ball. So it's going to be interesting. Flip side of that coin, you look over at the Chiefs, and it's just like it's the who's who. You know exactly who you're investing in. You got your Mahomes. You got your Kelsey's. The one guy I want to say who actually popped up on that graphic, are we going to get a little bit more of the juju? You know, are, are, what are we going to get out of this game? The Colts are in desperate need to win this game, man. You do not want to start that way, not in that division. And all of a sudden, the team we're going to be talking about a little bit, the Jaguars might look like the best team in the AFC South. It's, it's insane to me. Three weeks in, and we're I, I refuse to write teams off, but, like, the Colts, they got to get it going, Chris. They, they absolutely have to get it going. Yeah, they very similar to the Bengals, even though they weren't a playoff team last year, the Colts, they were – Pegged as one of the teams going into this year as one of the most complete rosters. They made the addition of adding Matt Ryan to try and shore things up behind center. It hasn't really worked out for them through two games. They're they're not thr- they're not running the ball enough as far as I see it. I think that you have Jonathan Taylor, the clear number one running back in football going into the season, and only giving him the ball maybe one-third of the time. And that's not even him only. Like They're just running one-third of the time, essentially. Right. I feel like that's been the major issue. Um, they had two winnable games, if you look at it on paper, going into the season. You had easy division matchups. They they couldn't get a, a win out of the Houston game, and then they get spanked by the Jaguars. I, for one, am going to give the Colts a pass for what they went through last week. Shaq Leonard hasn't been back yet. That's huge. He changes that whole defense. Their defense is a shell of what they were last year. Shaq Leonard forces four fumbles a game, and that's <laughs> really and, and really like I, I wish we were exaggerating. I think the offense and the defense feed off each other with Indianapolis more so than any team because they rely so heavily on the run and ball control. And no Shaq Leonard, Darius he, Leonard, it's Shaq. Oh, he changed it. That's right. He changed his name, Which but they really perfect. need him back in a, in a desperate big way. Um, as far as the flip side of things, the Chiefs haven't stopped. They're, and, they're on a roll. They're on an could, absolute terror. We've talked about them a little bit. I'm a little bit leery, weary, leery, weary, 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 weary of going after words. any of the um, pass catchers not named Travis Kelsey. I'm a little, like, I'm kind of in on Juju, but I'm kind of waiting and monitoring that situation. He had good usage in the first half, and then it dropped off the face of the earth. Just to give you an update, Kelsey leads the team in targets, which I, that's the obvious, but coming in second is one Juju and your old friend, 
Marquez, Marquez Valdez, Valdez Scantling. Scantling. <laughs> yeah, so. big play threat. But again, and right after not, that is Mike, yeah, Miko Hardman. Not a guy that I expect to get much volume. Very much so, like Miko Hardman. He's been it's, a boomer bust guy his entire career. It's, it's gonna, like it's gonna be big time player. It's gonna be Kelsey. Nothing. It's gonna be splash plays here or there. And then you know Clyde Edwards-Alaire is gonna be the guy that gets the ball on first and second down if they're running. My concern or my my interest lies in which of these two backs out of the Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco are going to maybe create a little separation between the two of them. Mm. They've used them both equally in week one and two, but not equally in each game. In other words, yeah, because you just said Clyde Edwards Alaire right now has 15 attempts on the year and Pacheco has 14. Pacheco, Jesus, how Pacheco much, was how the, much did they pass? Pacheco was the guy that they went to often in, in week one, and then week two it was Jarek McKinnon that kind of took over. So I would like to yeah, see eight carries on his, I his would like career, to see uh, something get year. established as to who's gonna be that guy so we could get a little more clarity because I feel like that's where you could if you could get a guy in on Kansas City. In the bargain basement, either a Pacheco or a McKinnon, week to week, you could get some really splash plays, but I'm not sure that's the strategy I'm going with. I'm more of a long-term guy. All right. All right. That's going to be an interesting game. Like I said, Colts got to have it. It's got to have it. We'll move on to a very intriguing offense as of late. Uh, the last two weeks, at least, they're putting 30-plus a week, and that's the Lions and the Vikings. We're talking about the Detroit Lions here. The, the Detroit Lions have absolutely played way over expectations as of right now. We knew they were going to be scrappy. Listen, I'm a hard knocks guy. I watched all summer. I think this team was going to start biting kneecaps way before they started actually doing it. Uh, but in this game, in regards to a guy I went heavy on, Chris, and you can agree or disagree, but I went nuts on the price for Amon Ross St. Brown. He's sitting under $15. He's not up in your 20s like most of the elite receivers, but this kid is a superstar in the making, if not already. Um, DeAndre Swift is obviously the, the bell cow over there. Not a lot of TJ Hawkinson yet, uh, but when you look at the Vikings flip side of this, it's the who's who. Justin Jefferson, you know what you're going to get. He is the top guy in the market right now, as opposed as uh, according to Ocho Cinco, he said it yesterday um, on the Mojo uh, social medias that Justin Jefferson, justifiably so, is probably your, the most expensive receiver to get in on right now because, well, the, I don't the, think he is the most expensive. I no? think I think what he is, what he's trying to say is he should be, but. That's, oh, he should be number one. All right. Yeah, well, well, because I think that he's event. too young in his career. There's been some guys that that's have some true. really good. That's true. Uh, but in any event, stats. yeah. In any event, he's the guy to invest in on the Vikings. <laughs> if you're going to invest in anybody, get involved with Justin Jefferson. But back to St. Brown. This kid's a superstar, right? I mean, that's no, there's no questions asked there. No, there's no questions asked. I mean, he's he's about to be a superstar. He plays in Detroit. He's had about ten really good games in a row. If you look at his numbers, it's Cooper Cup. Through eight games, he has like 960 yards, ten touchdowns, and 68 catches. So if you did that over a full 17 game season, mm -hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to challenge some records. I don't know if that's going to hold up throughout the year. It is Jared Goff. It is a run first offense. And speaking of run first offenses. The guy that I'm most intrigued by going into this matchup is DeAndre Swift. The Vikings have been giving up chunk yards weeks one and two, a negative game script for Green Bay in week one, and they were still able to rip off chunk yardage. The running game was the only thing that kept us even remotely close to in it, which we weren't in it. And I say we, I'm a Packer fan. <laughs> um, the Minnesota Vikings last week could not stop the run. Detroit, Dan Campbell's got to be licking his chops right now, looking at that that porous run defense on Minnesota. And because of the respect that Amon Ross St. Brown is now going to command, because believe me, coordinators are fully aware of what he's been doing, 
It's going to open things up in the run game, and Minnesota just can't stop the run. I think this is DeAndre Swift's breakout right here. Well, get him now. Get him now. And just to clarify, via the old app ski here, uh, Justin Jefferson is behind the following. DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Tyreek Hill. All those guys well-established. So within a year, maybe two, I'd say Justin Jefferson will be top dog. Yeah. Um, On the flip side of things, though, for the Minnesota Vikings – same kind of deal. I mean, the, the Lions defense has played well, but week two was kind of an anomaly. They had a, an offense that they were playing against that really just didn't do well in Washington. So mm. week one against Philly is a better, better indicator as to how this Lions defense is going to respond to the Vikings. I feel like Philly and Minnesota were almost on a similar trajectory going into this year where there was raised expectations, but there's a little bit of question marks surrounding the quarterback. They've gotten a little yin and yang out of both of these teams. Philly looks really good, but Minnesota, they struggled bad last week. Dalvin Cook only had six carries. Yeah, I, I got to listen. I, I'm not a, you know, Nostradamus or anything like that or Nostradamus, but I will say I got a feeling that the Vikings bounce back in a big way this week as far as offensively. I'm not even saying they win the game. I'm just saying they put up the offensive numbers. You might want to look into guys like Irv Smith Jr. He's, he's found the end zone already. You might even want to find some stock in – uh, Adam Thielen, uh, another guy that's kind of off people's radars because everybody and their mothers are talking about Justin Jefferson, yeah. even Osborne's, and even all I the worry, Rager talk. I worry Thielen is falling off the favor. The reason why I worry about Thielen in regards to the mojo market is because he's in a walk year, and it looks to me like they have some young up-and-coming receivers. And while there is that that connection to the Vikings and Minnesota in general with Thielen, at the end of the day, if the Vikings, if there's somebody willing to pay him a little bit more, He's probably going to walk. I think it, I think that the only way he stays in Minnesota is if, with a restructure or if he, if he takes a lesser deal. Not a restructure. He's in his actual walk. Yeah. So they're not going to restructure anything. I, I think Thielen in another situation, you might get a big drop off. And because of that, going forward long term, you might want to make a week to week play on Thielen. But I feel like he's amassed a decent career. But I don't know how much more it projects going forward. On the you know he's getting a little older. It seems to me like there's like seven or eight really good receivers that come into the league every year. So Thielen's one of the guys. As that, that I, happens, he just did yeah. Do, that do, I look do, at do, it, it's yeah. like okay, which one of these top thirty perennial receivers are going to get bumped by the Amon Ross St. Browns by the Jamison Williams that's coming back soon? Guys like that really they they take the place. Thielen he's he's the guy that I look at as maybe on a way out a little bit while he has talent now, maybe a little bit overvalued. So you remember that time I said future. maybe to look into Adam Thielen? Don't. <laughs> just, yeah. just don't. All right? I, I, I had to Forget bite. everything I said. I had to fight back a little bit on that one. Yeah, well, yeah that's fine. Alright, final game that we're going to be talking about is obviously one of the bigger, more intriguing games of the week, and it's the Jaguars and the Chargers. Um, reason I say this is because obviously uh, Justin Herbert coming off the injury, he's got the, the rib thing going on, right? And everybody... You know, I'm not so worried about it. I think he's going to be fine uh, as far as this game's concerned. When you look at the market... The people are who are they are. But look at the differential, though, in a Justin Herbert and a Trevor Lawrence. It's just incredible to me. And both of these guys are going to be good players in the league. Um, your obvious ones, not maybe not so obvious. Like Travis Etienne, he hasn't really you know done yeah. much. And and it's a, the James Robinson show all of a sudden. He's back on the field. He's healthy. So he's playing a lot. You know what I mean? So when you look at this game on the surface, as far as the players that you should be watching for, it's, there are the 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 who's who and the and the obvious ones like you're Justin Herberts. I know you the were stairway big on, to heaven, baby. Yes, you're I mean, all, how could you not? If you look at, I wish we actually made the graphic for this one. Maybe we could 
I'll post. It's actually on my Twitter. Go look at my Twitter <laughs> at Chris Gucci G U E C I and look at the tweets. And it's it's a stairway to heaven. If you look at the beginning of Justin uh, Justin Herbert's career, uh-huh. right? It's like a little bit flat, and then it's like stare, and then off season flat, and then. Stare. All right. All right. So, so it's the stairway to heaven. If you get 15 of those steps, baby, <laughs> you're into money right now. I'm all Justin Herbert's my my crown jewel of mojo. Really? The crown jewel of mojo right now is Justin Herbert. Over a guy like Josh Allen? Yeah. He's Over already, a guy like Patrick he's Mahomes? Already, he's already higher than Josh Allen. He already has a higher share price. And Mahomes is the other crown jewel. Fine. Oh, right. Right, he's like 20. <laughs> Mahomes seems how to be getting you? younger. Somehow Mahomes is like 22 now. Yeah. Right? Right. He just, he's like, dude, how right. are you younger than now than you were when you won the Right, Super Bowl? exactly. Uh, but back to this game. It's intriguing because of the fact that we're going to find out a little bit more about this Jaguars team. Can they move the ball? Can they sustain offensive drives against a decent defense in, in, in uh, I almost said San Diego, uh, Los Angeles? I think that the Chargers are that team the darlings this year? I truly believe it. Their offensive weapons are incredible. They might be getting Keenan Allen back, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. I haven't checked the latest. It looks like he's going to go. Yeah, so you get those guys back, plus our favorite player in this whole thing, which is single-digit Gerald Everett. You know what I mean? Like That offense is going to boom, and it's going to click. So it's up to the Jaguars to go punch for punch with them. Can Trevor Lawrence go punch punch for punch with a guy like uh, Justin Herbert? No, he can't. Okay. Interesting. And it's not because Justin uh, Justin Herbert's like that much more talented than than Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence was pegged as the most talented quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning, Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. Right. You can name all those guys. Something about Trevor Lawrence, I'm just it doesn't I, he doesn't move the needle for me. Even it's the face shred. mask. It's, it's too not just close the face, face mask. I watched the thing where he was doing it was. Prior to week one, mm-hmm. they're in the tunnel, and, and it's oh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence turns, and he's like, all right, guys, play Go with some, some swag. Fun. Go play with some swag. And he said <laughs> it just like that. I was like, you know, I don't know. It's just not – he doesn't play with enough energy or fire for me. I'm not saying you need to have yeah, that. Yeah, but to he's, be a jo- good he's player. he could be Joe Cool. You know he what I mean? He be, could just – I don't know, man. It's just something about it. Just it, it poured a lot of cold water on my, right. on my Trevor Lawrence expectations. I don't know. Call it just a hunch. But it's also not to mention, I know it was rookie season and it was the Urban Meyer debacle, but they were the worst offense in football last year. I think and Dougie P is going to write that I agree, ship over but there. I, I truly think that. You know, he... He's not here for he's not here for stats. We'll say that about Doug Peterson. That's right? so very true. Be wary of any wary of any uh, pass catchers not named Christian Kirk. And to touch on your point about Travis Etienne, he's such a rough start to his career. First round pick, so the expectations were high. Mm-hmm. He had like a high share price right out of the gate, and then the injury happens, and then it's down. And then you expect, okay, it's his year he's two. Back. Here we year go. Two. Could we see one of those like um, impromptu rookie of the year? Year two guys because he didn't get to play last year and right right out of the gate he's just not he dropped a touchdown in week one and I was like all right I'm I'm still in on him because the usage was there but the drop touchdown still is a bad thing and as you drop touchdowns and you lose confidence in your coaching staff I know Doug Peterson's big on that type yeah of, shit. of course um, doghouse is a thing in Jacksonville right now mm-hmm. so I'm not saying he's in his doghouse but if you're not Christian Kirk I'm not in on you if you're a Jaguar and I'm not, honestly I'm not in on him either. Okay. It just said I, I feel like he's going to be the one guy that does see a, a steady increase. There is no guarantees on Trevor Lawrence just because he's the first pick. Got it. Got it. So there are your most intriguing matchups of uh, the uh, the Sunday slate. We already got some football last night. We'll be diving in on Sunday. Be sure to check back with us on Monday morning right here on this channel that you're watching us right now because obviously a full slate of football is about to happen. And let me tell you something right now. That was 
the market moved so much that I thought I was done with prep, like at around like 1050. I was like, ah, it's just going to be a couple of kneels, a couple of this, a couple of that. This market moves, guys. So be sure to keep tabs on that app because things are moving literally by the second. So by the second. So enjoy the football this week. Um, we'll be back on Monday to talk a little Cowboys Giants because I'm excited about it. Cooper Rush, future Hall of Famer. Cooper Rush, that is, uh, according to Jerry Jones. But we'll be back to wrap up the entire week three slate. Can't believe it's week three already. So for Dave Starchill, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll see you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. Short Zeke. Short Zeke. That's Monday. <laughs>